Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The house you're living in right now could cost you less. You just got to refinance to one of these insanely low mortgage rates. Hey guys, it's Cody Tapp for my friends at American Financing. Reminding you there's never been a better time to get a free mortgage review. No obligation, no upfront fees, just a simple conversation around which program may be a better fit. Because rates really are at near all-time lows, and chances are you can benefit. Even if you refinanced or bought a home last year, you may still be eligible. It could mean a lower monthly payment plus tens of thousands in long-term savings without restarting your term. You know what else? You may be able to postpone two mortgage payments, creating even greater upfront savings. So don't put a refinance off any longer. Rates won't stay this low forever. Call 913-906-8777. That's 913-906-8777. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. MNLS 182334, NMLS, Fall is here. These nice days and crisp evenings are perfect for a Harley ride. Go to Santa Fe Auto Sound for Rockford Fosgate's audio upgrade systems. Get speakers and an amp that you can hear on your Harley. Santa Fe Auto Sound, 83rd in Santa Fe, SantaFeAutoSound.com. Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Tickets on sale now for KC Beer Company's KC Oktoberfest, Friday, October 1st, and Saturday, October 2nd at Crown Center. Six German-style beers, the best of German food, free activities for the kids, yard games for the adults, and live music all weekend. To purchase tickets, go to kcoctoberfest.com. Pulse. Attention men. Over half of you will suffer from erectile dysfunction. There is a solution. The Kansas City Men's Clinic. If you're having trouble getting or maintaining an erection, they can help. Call the Kansas City Men's Clinic today and receive a confidential consultation and all testing for only $49. Call 816-720-7446. That's 816-720-7446. 816-720-7446. 7446 or go to thekansascitymensclinic.com. Chiefs insider Nate Taylor joins Cody and Gold Tuesdays at 1 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Football, energy drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Bankley, produced by Chris Unocero. Our next guest will be Andy Lindholm. He's one of my favorite guys, Denver Broncos. You heard me talk to him before. He does uh, Crickman and Lindholm afternoons, 2 to 6 on Altitude Sports Radio. Also, post game show as well for the Broncos, former Broncos sideline reporter. And last year was the point where the Broncos are losing, and I used to retweet his post games because I thought it'd be fun for people to watch because it's always fun, and I always listen to it because I like to see what the Broncos fans are saying. But then I thought uh, fans were being a little too mean to Andy, so I stopped doing that. But Andy Lindahl joins us now. What's up, Andy? Andrew? Truth isn't mean, it's sometimes. Well, and you know, I, th- I felt people were too too hard on you. And I was like, you know what? Twitter gets out of control sometimes. So it's like, enough of this. I listened anyway. Well, we appreciate you. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> well, it's been more fun for the Denver Broncos this year. And, Andy, I've been sitting here, and I think I brought it up to you months ago, and I've been saying, I believe the Broncos have a better roster than the Chargers. And a big question was going to be the Teddy Bridgewater-Drew Locke battle. Drew Locke actually decent in the preseason. Teddy Bridgewater was just a little bit better, and he's proven it now. Quarterback rating-wise in this conference, it's Mahomes, it's Bridgewater, it's Carr, it's Herbert. Did you expect this? Um, I mean, I knew Teddy was the better quarterback than Drew. I didn't expect this level of uh, play from Teddy, if I'm being honest with you. 
because Teddy's been like Minnesota Teddy, right? And yeah. I didn't know if Minnesota Teddy still existed. So he's been a welcome surprise. Um, now, again, you know, caveats are out there, Jay. They've not played. The Broncos have the easiest schedule in the division. So more often than not, we're going to talk about how the Broncos aren't playing anybody really good, and that's going to be true. You know, there's a reason why the Broncos won't be playing. I guess they do have to play the Ravens this year. But we get a treat Chiefs-Ravens matchup every year because you guys are likely going to be finishing top of your divisions, right? It was like when the Broncos had to play the Patriots all those years because that's just how the NFL schedule works out. So it's the Jaguars, it's the Giants. Neither are really good. Um, Casey will see the Giants because we're all playing the NFC East this year. And you'll find out what a mess that team is because they are a mess. Um, I will say this, though. They should have beat Washington, though. He wasn't, Dexter Lawrence was not offsides. Who was not offsides? No, they, they kicked the, the Washington Giants game. I think the Giants got oh. screwed on that. Well, yeah, trust me. I mean, Joe, he's just kind of your usual. You guys lived through it. You went through the Patriot regime before you got uh, – who was who your – Napoleon? You had Napoleon as the GM. Scapioli. You just don't need to be associated with the Patriots unless you're going to go get uh, Bill Belichick. So, you know, look, man, it, you're going to see it when you guys play him. Joe Judge is trying to run everybody into the ground. He's trying to rule with an iron fist. We all know how that plays out with the players these days. Um, I expect the Chiefs will get a win there, but you had talked about the, uh, the the roster. Look, I agree with you. I think the roster. I think the Broncos have a very good young roster. Now they're getting their depth tested. Bradley Chubb's going to be out six to eight weeks. That's going to hurt the pass rush. He's not really been healthy since Denver drafted him fifth overall when they could have had Josh Allen. So of course, there's a lot of people wanting to do the revisionist history thing there, and what could have been? Could you have held on to Shaq Barrett, who's become an absolute stud for the for the Buccaneers? all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think they can challenge. You know, it's interesting because watching – we had the Dallas uh, Charger game on here last week in the afternoon, and so I watched that. And, and even though there's a lot to like about Justin Herbert, you know, I don't think the kid is Mahomes. Mahomes is just – he's his own unique deal. Everyone's got to quit acting like you're going to find him. You're not going to find him. There's only one of them. Um, and so – Herbert, I think, could be set up for maybe he's still doing a lot of things right, but I could see a little sophomore slump out of him that may let Denver sneak in there. But the Raiders have been better than I thought, too. It's it's a tough division this year. It has. We'll see if they sustain it. I mean, because we've seen them do this before. Two years ago, people talked about them through the playoffs midseason. Didn't happen. They fell apart. Last year, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. All right, people start talking about the Raiders and, you know, Derek Carr is week three through five MVP every year, and then he, then he falls apart. But this Broncos team – I mean, listen, I, I like some of those young studs. I like Javante Williams a ton, that draft pick at running back out of North Carolina. But Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, love those guys on offense. Jerry Judy, huge fan of the way he runs routes when he was at Alabama. Obviously, he's hurt now. Have they said anything when he's coming back? Well, they're giving us the old, you know, four to six week. It's a high ankle sprain. It's, it's terrible. Actually, when it happened, Jay, I thought he broke his ankle. Me too. Like his ankle got caught underneath him and it snapped. And I watched that with Julius Thomas, the old Bronco tight end, and maybe some Chiefs fans. Oh, remember. yeah. You know how it is. You've covered this sport long enough. They'll tell you the high ankle is this, that, the other. you got you got to heal that high ankle thing right, or it'll bug you all year. I, to me, I think it'll be more the eight-week thing, right? I, I could see them. I'm not planning on seeing Jerry Judy until November. Now, hopefully I'll be wrong, but you've got to get that thing right. You don't heal that thing right, dude. It's disastrous for the player, and they can't risk that. I know they like Tim Patrick out there as well, but still, that's a big loss for that Broncos offense. But on defense, you know, this Bradley Chubb situation, and it looks like six to eight weeks, is that kind of the timeline you're hearing too? Yeah, I, we looked at the schedule today, and they've got a couple of games. You know, depending on where you look, if they go Cowboys, they go Eagles, and there's a bye week. Part of me wonders because they screwed around with this thing on his other ankle all throughout the offseason. Part of me wonders if they just don't bring him back after the bye week because, you know, they're playing at the Cowboys. That'll be on turf. I don't know if you want to bring him back for after ankle surgery that game. And home against the Eagles, I still don't, I'm not buying the Eagles. I don't know that they'll need him with what they've got on defense, assuming they don't suffer any more injuries. So he may, we may not even see him until after the bye. And they, he hasn't really played with Vaughn Miller, you know, together for three years. I mean, it's been a while. But I'll say this, despite Bradley Chubb's injury, I felt the Broncos – did a decent enough job of, okay, we need to beat the Chiefs, and, you know, we're going to do it by loading up at the cornerbacks. Darby Fuller comes in, 
Patrick Sertan gets his first start uh, the other day, and he was brought in you know, to shadow Travis Kelsey and be that guy because they're worried about him and his production against the Broncos. But the Broncos' defense is third in the NFL, and I get it. Schedule is what it is. But this defense is going to be good regardless of who they played. Well, yeah, that's just it. What I think is funny is a lot of teams are trying to figure out a way to outscore the Chiefs. And the bottom line is you still got to prevent them from scoring points, right? I mean, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore the other night, if you don't have Lamar Jackson, you're not going to probably have the guts to go for the fourth down the way that John Harbaugh did. Although maybe you do because Mahomes is just one of those guys where Chiefs fans are going to probably have to get used to this. Mahomes is like Manning. He's like Brady. I'm not giving you the ball back, period. If I can avoid it, i got to find a way to just not give you the ball back. Um, because he showed you in the Super Bowl. He showed you in the NFC Champion. He showed you time and time again. You give me a minute, I'll take three plays, and we're going to put six on the board, not three. So, But the Broncos, have, they've, they've done their homework on trying to make sure they can bracket off Tyreek Hill. We'll see if it works. They're going to use whether it's this kid, Justin Sternad, pay attention to that. I think that's a guy that'd like to see try to okay. cover Travis Kelsey. He's kind of a guy that was a bigger safety. They're turning him into a smaller linebacker so he can try to cover the, uh, you know, cover the tight ends. I think, as you said, Patrick Sertan is maybe a guy they'll use there because he's a bigger dude that maybe can try to take Kelsey. But they're definitely trying to come up with a plan, as Tampa did, that they can provide the double coverage to Tyree Kill and bracket him off the way even Baltimore tried. And then hopefully get enough pass rush to you know to jam up Kelsey enough in the early going, and if you can get home to the quarterback before he breaks free, I mean that's going to be the plan. Tampa laid it out. Everyone's going to copy the plan of what Tampa used in the Super Bowl. Andy, what's the center? I know you do uh, afternoon radio out there in Denver, so you have a pulse of the fans. You go to all the practices. You know this team inside and out in Denver. What was kind of the pulse of the Chiefs? Kind of losing one there by one point to the Ravens. Are people buying into it? Oh, the Chiefs can't stop the run and all that, but they still have a home. Like, well, what are they thinking about the Kansas City Chiefs and their hot start and obviously the Raiders' hot start? Like, how do they view the Chiefs in Denver right now? Well, I mean, look, Jay, I'll tell you from my point of view, I'd be worried about your defense. And I have talked to Jeff Legwald, who I know you respect, without Jimmy yep. Watkins. You may have to get a little bit more out of uh, Mahomes than you have in the past, but he's capable of doing it. Um, it's not quite the same offensive group as they've had. But that doesn't mean you're not still the best in the division. Denver fans, Jay, this place is it's crazy because Teddy, if you look at Teddy Bridgewater's numbers, I mean, the Bronco fans aren't thinking about the Chiefs because they're all still mad that Drew didn't win the job. And all I do is talk <laughs> every afternoon. Still? Whenever you bring up Teddy Bridgewater, people don't like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know why. Everyone calls him boring and dink and dunk. Well, if you go back and look, it was tweeted out by Greg Rosenthal. The guy that's thrown the most deep passes yep. at 50 yards or more is Teddy Bridgewater. Absolutely. He had 125 rating the other day, and I still got Bronco fans telling me it's boring because they want another John Elway type. They want Mahomes. They all love the big arm. And guess what? Again, if you're winning, you're winning. I, this, this fan base, I, can't, I cannot figure them out because I know Drew's a Missouri kid, you know. There's nothing to dislike about Drew Locke until you look at the numbers. And But he, he's the worst-rated quarterback last year in the league. Matter of fact, one metric had him at 33 that was behind the other, all the other starters and not even full-time starters. He could not get things done on third down. He doesn't understand the intermediate game, and he's still struggling to read coverages. I think you and I talked during camp, and I told you, he's just locking up mentally. Teddy is making all the right decisions, and more importantly, He's making plays on second down to make sure they stay out of third and long, which they're still not totally built. I mean, this isn't the Kansas City offense. Denver, if Denver beats the Chiefs this year, you're going to watch them dominate time of possession. You're going to watch them run the ball as much as they pass, pick up some key first downs, and just not let Kansas City's offense on the field. And hopefully the defense is built well enough to actually do something against it this year. But yeah. it's not going to be a shootout. It's not going to look like the Ravens' way of winning. But Denver fans don't seem to be happy with that. And it just shows me at times they, they can be a bit of a spoiled fan base thinking that they deserve some other great, you know, golden-arm quarterback rolling through here when they've already had Manning and Elway. All right, five straight years, five states, uh, straight different starting quarterbacks, the Broncos in game one. Right, final question for you, Andy. Who starts for them in 2022? I don't know that we know that yet because if Teddy keeps playing like he has, then he's going to earn himself an extension so that they can try to re-sign Vaughn Miller and re-sign Kyle Fuller and re-sign some of the guys that are under one-year deals that could leave after this year. Um, 
they are definitely they're going to have the cap room next year to have a conversation about Aaron Rodgers if, if the Packers want to get rid of him. Now, you know, I'm still not convinced that Aaron just doesn't get Gutekunst fired and he stays in Green Bay. He's going to be 39. Do you want to gut? Do you want to give up three top picks to go get Aaron? I don't know that answer yet. I think if Russell Wilson's out there and Pete Carroll's bagging on Russell Wilson for the overtime loss last week, Denver will be interested in that. You know, I don't think anybody really knows what Deshaun Watson's availability is going to be, but I don't know, Jay. I think ultimately I don't know that we know that. Like I said, the first guy that will get the crack looks like it's going to be Teddy. And, hey, man, you know what? Drew Locke has not had a mentor or even if you don't want to use the word mentor, Drew Locke has not had a true pro to watch in his career the way he's watching Teddy Bridgewater now. And Teddy's told us how much he learned from watching Drew Brees. So I could see a scenario where Drew and Teddy are battling it out again next year to see what Drew has learned and see if he can't put those physical gifts to use. So I don't think that answer is going to be known until we get to December. Interesting stuff. Andy Lindahl, follow on Twitter, at Andy underscore Lindahl, L-I-N-D-H-L. Been talking this for years. Two to six on Altitude Sports Radio. As uh, Andy and I have been doing this for about a decade or so, going back and forth the Chiefs and Broncos. At one point it was all Broncos, now it's all Chiefs. It's just... We just uh, look and see which way the flag's blowing, Andy. Well, dude, it's been almost 20 years. We're old, man. Yeah, we are. We are. All right, Andy. Yeah, I know you got to run, but uh, thanks for the update on the Denver Broncos. Talk to you soon. You guys take care. There you go. Andy Lindell. Yeah, we've been doing it for a minute. Andy's been their sideline reporter and stuff for a while, Chris. When I had a different job outside of sports radio, like before I got into this, I'll never forget those Chiefs, Chiefs and Broncos. I, like, I hate the Broncos. Always have. But I would, I would go to Colorado a lot for work, right? In Colorado Springs. And I would always tune in to see what they're saying. Members Mark Slayerth, Stink. Like, he was his producer. Yeah. Andy yeah. was his producer. Now Andy's hosting his own show. But I'll never forget, like, going back and forth with those guys forever about the Broncos and Chiefs. Rivalries are fun, man. They're fun. Right now, it's not fun for them. Because of Patrick Mahomes. And Andy told me a couple years ago, he goes, I don't care what happens, but you have Patrick Mahomes and the Bronco fans are worried about that because they know he's not going anywhere. Remember John Elway sitting in Denver? You're always worried about that guy. Well, they've got a guy to worry about now. Oh, yeah, and and for a long time, too, because it's not like <laughs> Mahomes just it, – it's not like it took him to his late 20s to, to kind of come on and play the way that he has. He's doing it from the from the very get-go when he started uh, getting starts. They know this because his first start was against them, and he ripped them to shreds. So uh, they knew right then after that game, uh, oh, crap, we've got a guy who's going to be destroying our division for the next two decades. Well, a lot of people talking about him because they're 2-0, again, soft schedule. And then, then they had the Raiders are 2-0. We'll talk about the Raiders later. We'll talk to Gilbert Manzano about the Chargers-Chiefs game coming up. But coming up next, the college football world. How about these local teams? We'll talk about them next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night to Bankley. Chris Ocero. We'll check in with the L.A. Chargers. Gilbert Manzano covers the Chargers coming up next. But we have college football again this weekend. Love some college football. Start with Missouri, who's playing out at Boston College. Um, 11 o'clock, since they're the early game, 11 o'clock. That's how we do this thing. So talk about fairness, whatever. We'll start with the team that plays first on Saturday locally. It's Missouri Tigers at B.C. B.C.? It's weird. Missouri's going out to Boston College. Weird game. They're 3-0 and this year. Missouri's 2-1. and But Phil Jerkovic is hurt. That's their NFL prospect, the quarterback, the transferred in. He's hurt. They're going now with uh, Daniel Grossen, who was a former, or Grossell, who was a former walk-in at BC. But I think this is a good game for Missouri because, you know, it's different to play in Southeast Missouri State or whatever because it's still a respectable name in Boston College. But I will say this. Do they have some defense, uh, deficiencies? Yes, they do. But I'm really liking Connor Bazelak. And I don't know about you, Chris, in the SEC. I know you're a Gators fan and everything, but they're, they're, they're leading passer as far as yardage in the SEC. He's behind, of course, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. They throw the ball all the time. But then there's Connor Bazelak, number three in the conference. I got to see them go out there and do it against a really good squad because, you know, they played Central Michigan. They played SEMO. Like, 
I, and, and when they played against Kentucky, they, they struggled for much of that but game. Kentucky's a good football team. That's, and that's what I'm saying, though, is like that's a good football team and they struggled against a good football team. So it's like you can go out there and you can do it against teams that aren't in Power 5 conferences, but then as soon as you go and play a conference opponent, you struggle against them on, on both sides of the ball. It's like I got to see you do it more against teams that are respectable before I start buying into you. So that's the reason why I'm not 100% sold on Mizzou. And actually, I thought Mizzou would be I, I mean, I thought Mizzou had a really good chance against Kentucky, and I know the score was, you know, it was, it was you know, manageable. It was pretty close, uh, but still, it, it very much looked like Mizzou was kind of being outclassed by that Kentucky well, team. Well, Chris Rodriguez is one of the best running backs in the country for Kentucky, and then the transfer, Will Levis, uh, from Penn State. Different deal. But that was a swing game, I thought, for Missouri. You know, could they win that swing game? Can you finish second or third in the East? Well, that game was a big, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a game, game you've got to win game. if you're going to compete for the East. You cannot lose to Kentucky. I don't care if it's if it's in Lexington. You got to beat Kentucky if you're going to compete for the for the for the uh, division title. It, to be Georgia and Florida, I mean, right now Georgia's the uh, I mean, they're the favorites right now. In the, I would in the say though, they media favorites they were before the season, but there's Florida. But I say you know media rankings don't look anything to them. Ask K State fans. Yeah. Michigan State was picked seventh in the East, by the way, in the Big Ten. They're ranked by the way now, and they're undefeated. But regardless, uh, Kansas at Duke would have made a great basketball game a few years ago. Duke has proven you can win at football, too. Pay attention to Duke, Kansas, and what they are. But I thought last week was, <laughs> okay, they look good against South Dakota. But again, that's South Dakota, and it's the second-best team in that state. They Did were they actually, look good against South Dakota? No, they won. They won, but they, they, like they, they look the good against South Dakota. Finally, Bean's a quarterback they can rely did, on. I was just like, they didn't look good. They won that game. No, but they got their ass hammered against Baylor. They I mean, did. They but did. I do like Lance Leipold. I do think that's the right decision to coach for Kansas. But they got Duke at 3 o'clock. But the main game kind of locally is uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma State. And once again, they're on the pay-for-it app which is completely ridiculous since it's Oklahoma State and Kansas State. You shouldn't have to pay to see this game on ESPN+. You can listen to it here as well as we carry the Kansas State games. But regardless, here's K-State. Now, they they beat Stanford, which is a great non-conference win, down in Dallas. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect Coworker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Stanford went on and rolled USC when USC was 14th in the country. Got Todd Helton fired because of that. But, you know, Oklahoma State's a team that's undefeated as well. And they've been doing it with two quarterbacks. Spencer Sanders wasn't ready to go at the beginning of the season. He's back now. But a big game to show if Kansas State is legitimate or not. Obviously, they struggled against Southern Illinois a couple weeks ago. Top FCS team. Eighth in the country. He's FCS. I get that. But the quarterback has been a little bit of an issue because Will Howard's not playing like he did a season ago. And last week, they took the ball out of his hands. Kansas State ran for, what, 38 times in that game? They, they only passed for 13. Yeah, you don't. they clearly don't trust him. And if they can't run the football, because the next three games are going to be tough. You know, you got you got OK State, obviously, this Saturday, but then you go to Oklahoma, a team that Kansas State has beaten the last two times they played them. And then you go off and and you you welcome the uh, the Iowa State Cyclones 
uh, into your into your stadium there. I, I this is going to be a real tough stretch for for Kansas State, and this is going to really kind of prove whether or not they're for real or not. But you know, if they're going to have a chance to 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 win, you know, even two of the next three, Will Howard's got to take he's got to take some steps forward. You cannot if if they don't trust him enough to throw the football more than like twenty times. Uh, and they're not running the football with ease like we've seen them do against some of their opponents, uh, they're going to have a hard time winning these three games. And I get Oklahoma State's undefeated, but you might forget they they beat uh, Southwest Missouri State or Missouri State. Yeah. Art Haynes play-by-play down there. You can run the Chiefs Network as well by 23-16. to Five-point win against Tulsa, and they beat Boise State by one point a week ago. They have played some close games down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and start the season not down the stretch. Yeah, and then like you know, Oklahoma is a, is a team that you gotta you gotta put some respect on. They got a lot of they got they got NFL talent there. Uh, they, they recruit very well. Been the top of the conference for years now. Iowa State's another team you gotta you gotta respect as well. Uh, these teams have a lot of talent, and if Kansas State is gonna be able to uh, put themselves at the top of this conference, you gotta go out here and you you gotta win games like these. Like these are the games that prove whether or not you're about it or not. And we're gonna see over the next three weeks whether or not Kansas State's for real. Cause I, I and we were I think we were both in the uh in the in the newsroom over there in the bullpen when the rankings came out and we saw that Kansas State was ranked twenty fifth. We were both surprised by that. So You know what Oklahoma State's not they wanted to be obviously yeah, you yeah. talk about the stretch for Kansas State. But they are home games. You mentioned Oklahoma success. They've had a home game. Iowa State, home game for Kansas State. And then they're on the road at an undefeated Texas Tech at this point after that. So it's a hell of a stretch for the Wildcats, but a big game nonetheless. And they're going to be relying on Will Howard. Yeah. Jake Rubley, the four-star stud, is buried on the depth chart at third at this point for Kansas State. Jaron Lewis is number two. But I think a lot of those fans want to see Rubley. Oh, yeah. I mean, Before he hits the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Because Will Howard's a sophomore. Yeah, if, so, if if Will Howard doesn't get it together soon, I think they might try to throw out Rubley there. I mean, I, I can tell you this as a Florida fan, we certainly have a quarterback controversy down there, so I can understand – falling in love with the, with the young guy sitting on the bench watching the games. But, uh, you know, if Will Howard, if he doesn't, if he's not trusted by them, I could see them trying to give uh, Ruble a chance. Coming up next, we'll go to Los Angeles. Talk to Gilbert Lanzano, who covers the Chargers. We'll talk Chiefs and Chargers. And what's going to give the Chiefs run defense of the Chargers? They're equally about the same. Talk about that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And of course, Chiefs Chargers this weekend. Hear the game on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, pre and post, right here on 610 Sports Radio. Jay Binkley with Chris Nocero. About time to go out to Los Angeles now and talk to Gilbert Manzano, who covers the Chargers, the NFL and other stuff, including boxing for the OC Register, Orange County Register, if you want to be exact. Gilbert, how are we doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, just uh, you know, waiting for this big showdown. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 2.0. <laughs> yeah, how are people looking at the Chargers? I know that uh, obviously the Cowboys travel well, and they brought the fans in there to SoFi, but is the city of Los Angeles gravitating, kind of 50-50 split with the Rams, or is it still more Rams at this point? Yeah, no, it, it's definitely still more Rams, uh, you know, support in L.A. for the Chargers. You know, the Rams had many years of being in Los Angeles before they went to St. Louis. So there's a lot of fans still. You know, they stuck around with the team when they came back, and, you know, they kind of, you know, stuck around with the, with the Rams. But I think for the Chargers, you know, they're they're growing. You know, at first it, it, it was kind of a tough grow. Like, they were growing really slow, you know, during the Phillip River years. And then out of nowhere they get this, you know, prize rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, with a cannon for an arm, uh, destroying defenses with 50-yard bombs. And, and people in Los Angeles are beginning to, you know, get curious. Who is this Justin Herbert guy that, that has taken over the NFL? And I think more fans started building that way. And I think for the Chargers, maybe it's kind of a weird, you know, you know, you know I guess uh, beneficial Last year, that no fans were in attendance at SoFi Stadium. They have a, they had a year to kind of grow a fan base for Justin Herbert. So I think now for uh, that Cowboys game, it was a it was it was a good amount of Cowboys fans. I'm not gonna lie about that, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be because there were some times where 
they're playing the Steelers or the Packers, and that stadium isn't completely covered in green or, or black. But it was made for the most part 60-40 Cowboys. I think for the Chargers to kind of not be dominated, you know, in the stands in their home opener by the Cowboys shows that they're growing, and I think it's a big part of it because of Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I'll give them this. That was a poorly officiated game. There's no question about it. But one of the th- <laughs> yeah, it was it was terrible. But one of the things with the with the Chargers, uh, uh, Gilbert is. Always, every year we look at the injuries, the amount of injuries that kind of set back uh, the Chargers. We already see Brian Balaga go on the IR this year. But Joey Bosa is on the injury report, did not practice today. Going to ask you about Bosa for sure. Eckler did practice today. But Derwin James out with the toe again today. Did not practice last week early on, but did play in the game. Same thing this week, toe. Are they just being careful with Derwin James? Is this something we're going to see like last week where he's full participant by the end of the week? Yeah, no, with Derwin James, is definitely more rest, precautionary uh, reasons for him. You know, he missed an entire year last year, and, and he's been playing a lot these first two games. So you want to make sure he, he, he's in a good rhythm, good rest. Uh, you know, I saw him out there in practice. He was in good spirits. He was kind of you know, laughing. So I think for him, it was just a, a regular, a regularly scheduled Wednesday day off. Now for Joey Bosa, you know, maybe I'm a little concerned about that. You know, he rolled his ankle against the Cowboys, but he kept playing in the game. So, it was, you know, it was maybe during, you know, the sec- maybe the second or third quarter where he rolled his ankle, got it taped up, and he kept playing. And, and, and maybe that kind of affected Joey Bosa because, you know, he was facing a banged-up Cowboys offensive line. You would expect kind of more from a healthy Joey Bosa. That maybe it could be that, but, you know, it was kind of a, an uphill battle for Bosa last, uh, last week. And then this week, we spoke to him on Monday, and we asked him about the, the rolled ankle, and he said that he feels okay. He's not too worried about it. Uh, he's sore. So I think for him, you know, he might come back. You know, who knows? Maybe he gets an extra day off Thursday to make sure he comes back Friday and he's a full goal for Sunday. But I'm not concerned about his playing status, but I think for, for both of maybe an extra day off might uh, do him well. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you about Kenneth Murray because, you know, it's an ankle. He did fully participate today. But also, Chris Harris did not practice today at the corner. And Nasir Adderley uh, has been dealing with that uh, dislocated finger. He should be fine. He did speak today uh, for the Chargers. But kind of the status of the other safety in uh, Nasir Adderley, who wasn't on the injury report, and then Chris Harris, who was and didn't practice. Yeah, you know, last week, you know, there was a lot of focus for the Cowboys not having Demarcus Lawrence, uh, you know, Randy Gregory. Like, they were down a lot of players, but for the Chargers, there wasn't enough attention on Justin Jones and Chris Harris Jr. These are two vital defensive starters for the Chargers. And for Derwin James, he was a little he was a little tired because he had to play in the slot. And if Chris Harris is not out there again against the Chiefs, he's gonna be playing in the slot more. That takes away from his pass rushing skills, you know, being a linebacker, being more of a playmaker. Instead he's not kind of defending more a receiver. Uh, that also takes away from Derwin James versus Travis Kelsey. You know, we love those matchups, the tight end against uh the safety. So if if Derwin is stuck on receivers because Chris Harris is not around, we kind of missed that as well. But but who knows? Maybe Brandon City likes to sh- shake it up, make sure Derwin James is on, on, on Travis Kelsey. But it's not looking good for Chris Harris Jr. because he wasn't even at practice today. I don't think I even saw him out there. So um, and Staley didn't sound as optimistic about Chris Harris being out there. So it could be another uh, you know you know long day for Derwin in terms of you know the roles he has to kind of deal with. And for Nazir Adderley. Uh, he should be fine, uh, but he admitted today that the dislocated finger is affecting the way he catches the ball. And he's kind of done an, an okay job of being in a position to make plays, but he's, he's dropping interceptions. He dropped one against the Cowboys. Uh, he jumped over Blake uh, Jarwin, the tight end for the Cowboys, and he dropped it. And then against with the Washington football team, he dropped an interception as well. So uh, that kind of makes sense that he's dealing with a dislocated finger. Uh, he, he, revealed, he revealed it today. Uh, so, you know, for him, I think the best case to do is when the ball comes your way, just bat it down and not risk, you know, guys like Terry Hill uh, and Travis Kelton making plays. So we'll see how that finger kind of affects him. Well, one thing they've been worried about in Kansas City is the rush defense. It's 32nd in the NFL. They gave up over 200 yards rushing. Chargers came close to it, 198 yards. But they're, they're the 30th worst run defense in the NFL. I will give them credit. They are the seventh in scoring defense. And overall, they're 13th in total defense. But is that a concern for the Chargers at all, the running game? Because the Chiefs have struggled in that area as well. And obviously both teams are going to be looking at the other's run defenses and thinking good things. 
Yeah, and it, it's a little concerning for the Chargers defense that they're not able to stop the run. I, I think they're, yeah, like you mentioned, the third, the third worst in the NFL. I think they're allowing 162 rushing yards per game. Uh, and obviously that, that goes with Justin Jones not being in the middle of the clock up from lanes. Uh, he's a big run stopper for the Chargers, and if he's back, that's going to boost it. But, you know, Justin Jones was out there week one, and they still had trouble stopping the run. So uh, I think Brandon Staley kept saying that, you know, you know these guys, are they're learning the scheme. It's all new to them, and they feel like they have, you know, the right personnel and the right play calling, but it's the execution, guys are not kind of doing their assignments, and he's kind of saying that that's, that's because of chemistry. There's not enough time to get, to get these guys going. And when you're playing kind of a, a too-high safety look, you know, you kind of you you risk you know having lighter boxes and and allow them you know length, lengthier running plays. So if, if guys are trying to figure out this too high safety system and can't figure out what to do with lighter boxes, it's going to be an issue for them. So I think you know once they figure that out, they should be okay. Uh, but it's a little concerning that they haven't figured that out after two games. But I think they've kind of shown a, a bend but don't break kind of style. Like you mentioned, they're not allowing you know touchdowns. You know, they're they're allowing a bunch of yards, but when they come to the red zone. They're clamping down and doing the job there, but uh, they're not facing the Washington team or, or the Cowboys. They're facing the Chiefs, who are averaging 35 points per game. So you, you you feel like Mahomes won't let these opportunities in the red zone go away. So for the Chargers, they got to figure that out quickly to limit the yards to not allow teams to get in scoring position. Yeah, the Chargers Cowboys game on for uh, Chiefs fans around here. If you want to see the Chargers sneak peek, I think NFL Network has the Chargers Cowboys. I don't think I'm watching the game. Right now, the Cowboys and the Chargers. We talked to Gilbert Manzano. Covers the Chargers for the OC Register. And Gilbert, I'll always say this. How big of a game do you see this between the two teams? Obviously, neither one of these teams in week three wanted to have two losses going into it. But one of these teams will. And we know the Chiefs' success against the AFC West. It's been well documented. But how are the the Chargers looking? The Chiefs coming off a loss against the Ravens, obviously the Chargers too. It's a big game for not only the Chargers side, but the Chiefs as well. Yeah, you know, I think it's just a big game overall, especially for the Chargers because, you know, for, for Brandon Staley, the, the new head coach, there's a lot of excitement. You have this new, you know, really top quarterback in Justin Herbert. You know, Herbert's supposed to take care of the offense, and Brandon Staley's supposed to take care of the defense, and they're supposed to kind of merge, they're kind of dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs in one division, I think the last four or five years, I forget, they're, they're dominating the division. So this first game against the Chiefs, the first game in the AFC West schedule, uh, it's the toughest challenge, and I, I'm pretty sure Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert wouldn't want it any other way to have the Chiefs right away and KC to kind of show what they're made of. But you kind of were expecting the Chargers to be a little further along than what they've shown in the first two weeks, so... You know, for them, you know, there's a lot of pressure because you could preach, you know, patience all you want, that there's a lot of new players and new new coaches and new pieces, but you got, you got to score points. Like Justin Herbert has gotten this offense in scoring position, but I think they've gone to the red zone 10 times and they've only gotten three touchdowns. So you got to score against the Chiefs because, you know, they're going to do their part with Patrick Mahomes. But if you want to show that you're a great quarterback and a great offense, you got to do it against KC. And you got to average about you know more than you know 24, 28 points per game, and at least get in the 30. So, I think for for Brandon Staley, you know, especially his defense, Joy Bosa, Derwin James, to really show the potential, all everything we were talking about in the offseason, training camp, all the hype that his team was kind of getting, you know, dark horse contenders and Super Bowl, you know, sleepers. This game in Week Three is where you show it that yeah, you had some bumps and bruises in Week One, Week Two. So put it all together week three and make a statement because if you don't win in KC, you have to play the Raiders on Monday Night Football, and they're kind of pesky with their offense. Then you got to play Cleveland. you got to play Baltimore. So this, this record could get away from you in a hurry if you don't kind of get one of these, these big-time games. Final question for you, Gilbert. I definitely appreciate uh, you joining us tonight. But Brandon Staley's the head coach, comes over from the Rams, number one defense in the NFL last year. He goes to be paired with Justin Herbert. Um Personally, the way I looked at it, I thought maybe Eric Bieniemy should have got more of a run uh, from the Chargers, seeing he was a former Charger, and the fact that well, he knows Andy Reid inside and out, and he likes the Los Angeles area as well. How's he fitting him with Justin Herbert? How do you see that combination going forward? That that most important thing in the NFL, that coach quarterback combo. Yeah, you know, it's kind of surprising the offseason that the Chargers didn't go more into an offensive, you know, minded head coach. Or a candidate like Eric Bieniemy, who has done a great job with Patrick Mahomes, and and people say when you have a young quarterback, you want to get the offensive wizard to kind of help him develop and, and groom throughout his career. So it was a surprise that they went defense 
Uh, Brandon Staley has a great track record as a defensive uh, heck, uh, you know, coach, or you know, some people call him a mastermind because he did a great job with the Rams turning that unit to the, to number one. Uh, he did a great job as a position coach with the the Bears and the Broncos. So it was kind of a unique, a unique setting. But then you think about it. Oh, Brandon Staley used to be a, a quarterback in college. He used to be a quarterback at Dayton and Mercyhurst. He has an offensive background. And then you start looking at the Chargers roster. Like they have a lot of great young defensive players who haven't reached their potential. So you start thinking, you know, maybe Brandon Staley could help these young players put it together on defense and to help out Justin Herbert on offense. And Herbert is so good that him and Lombardi could figure it out to kind of have a, a complete team. Like you, some teams have a great offense but a bad defense or a great defense and a bad offense. And the Chargers were kind of aiming to be well-balanced. So I think that's what the partnership is for Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. But they're going through their growing pains. Justin Herbert is moving the ball down the field, and he's had some amazing throws. I'm sure you saw him in the Cowboys game. Lasers, you know, you know, high-arching throws. He has every throw in the book, but he's got to get touchdowns. He, got to, he has to do what Patrick Mahomes is doing on a weekly basis, getting 30 points per game. We haven't seen that yet. Now with Brandon Staley, He's got to figure out these young defensive players, make them reach their potential to kind of meet to the level of Joy Bosa and Derwin James. And when you have that, all that all that figured out, the Chargers look like they have a very complete team. But so far, it's too early to kind of you know see that potential occurring anytime soon. That's Gilbert Bonzano covers the Chargers for the OC Register. Tremendous follow uh, for the National Football League, and of course, Chargers information as well at G Manzano twenty four. On Twitter. Gilbert, though, always enjoy talking to you. It should be a good game on Sunday. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Appreciate the time as always. There you go. Gilbert Manzano right there. I want to react to a few things he said because I am curious about this whole coach quarterback combination, especially since it's in the AFC West. We're going to see it time in and time out. We discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Binkley, Kristen Ocero, phone number 913-576-7610. Jay Southland, tow service text line 913-576-7610. Gilbert Manzano there was talking about the quarterback-coach combination. I was curious about that. Now, it does work, defense, defensive-minded guys with offensive mind. We've seen it. To, to be Super Bowl champions even. Like Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Belichick, defensive-minded guy. Pete Carroll with Russell Wilson. It does happen. It's not the latest trend. Like, I think Vic Fangio does a great job of defense, but does he do a good job of quarterbacks? And obviously, we're starting to see that a little more now. Shermer's back there as a back-to-back offensive coordinator because they kept going back and forth. But Brandon Staley was the choice of the Chargers. Had the number one defense in the NFL last year with the Rams. They did take some hits. 50% of that secondary for the Rams last year. The number one in the NFL is with the Cleveland Browns at this point. The Rams, Rams, good football team, but their defense, not not like it was last year. They're 10th in the NFL. They're winning a lot with Stafford, obviously, in that offense. But the bottom line is, I felt that, and who knows if he would have taken the job or not, but to me, if I'm the Chargers, I'll go back to this. I would have backed up the Brinks truck for Eric Bieniemy. I would have paired Bieniemy with the guy that helped groom Mahomes, him and Mike Kafka. You know, seeing Mahomes every day, knowing his tendencies. The Chargers have lost 12 of 14 to the Chiefs. And one guy that's been here every second of Andy Reid's tenure here in Kansas City, going back to 2013, has been Eric Bieniemy. I get it. As Gilbert said, you know, Brandon Staley did have some offensive background. He was a quarterback back at Dayton. But then he switched over to the defense. He was he was a co-defensive coordinator at Hutchison. Hutchison Juco here in Kansas about 10 years ago, but then built his way up. The guy paid his dues in coaching. Didn't spend a lot of time as a defensive coordinator in the NFL just one year with the Rams gets that job. Personally, though, I would have paired Herbert with more of an established offensive guy going forward. I get it. Brandon Staley's got the offensive background, but he didn't have the NFL pedigree when he got a head coaching job. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to uh, – First off, I think people are very, very much underestimating uh, how good of a coach Eric Bieniemy will be once he eventually gets that that coaching position. I don't know what the hell it is that's causing causing people to not want 
this guy as a head coach, but certainly once he finally gets a a, a position somewhere in the NFL, I, I don't think he's going to go to college. I think he'd have done that by now. But I, I, I think that, that whenever he does get that job, he'll take the smart job. He'll take the right job. He's not going to take any job that he can get. I think the Chargers would have been the right job. He obviously likes I, I Los think Angeles. That's so why his name's been floated I, out there with USC. But look yeah. at this, Chris. 2013, BNME was here with Andy Reid, right? Brandon Staley was defensive coordinator at John Carroll. 2013. 2014, James Madison, 1AA. Then back to John Carroll, 2015 and 16, defensive coordinator. Then he goes to the NFL as an outside linebackers coach in 16 and 17. One year he spent as the outside linebackers coach with the Denver Broncos in 19. Last year was defensive coordinator at Rams, one year. And then he gets the keys to Justin Herbert. Obviously, He's going to be good with that Chargers defense. There's no question about that. They did lose Gus Bradley, who I think he's doing a great job with the Raiders. Gus Bradley always did well when he was with the Chargers or in previous stops against the Chiefs. But what I'm saying is, here's all those jobs he's had since 13. And then Bienemy's had one, and he's been the three straight AFC title games and back-to-back Super Bowls. And he's a former Charger and went to the Super Bowl at the Chargers. Yeah, and, and like I said, the biggest thing for me is just you've got a coach with a better resume who's had more success and has been around longer in his position. But I, I think, you know, a lot of people have fallen in love with with uh, Sean McVay and his coaching tree. You got Zach Taylor for the for the Bengals, who's the head coach there as well in his second year now. I mean, people actually know he's in his third year, I believe now. So, you know, there's there's a lot of people who are falling in love with a lot of these younger coaches. And, you know, they see this genius and they're trying to steal as much of of it as they can. But ultimately, it, it I, I don't think this is the correct guy for them. I do agree with you. I do not believe in pairing defensive guys with young quarterbacks like that. I think you want to have an offensive guy that's going to have a, a better idea unless they get like a great offensive coordinator. Um, I, I very much agree that you go out and get them an offensive coach who can help develop them and put together an offense that'll work with them because your quarterback is going to be the reason why you're able to get past Patrick Mahomes, not your defense. Uh, we talk teams all the time, talk about how great, you know, how great all these defenses are that Patrick Mahomes faces. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have very many problems with defenses. Usually no. when he does, it's because of the pass rush. He gets everything thrown at him. And the bottom line is this. Yeah, there is defensive minds. We're talking about Bill Belichick, you know, being defensive minded. He's one of the greatest. He's the greatest football coach of all time. You know, I, I think Nick Saban's there too, but you know, Nick Saban's proven himself just to be a college coach at the collegiate level, which point. I don't, I don't think that's a, like a step down. I and, think and that's Pete like Carroll's one of the best ever. Yeah, I mean, he had, I a, he had a brain fart against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He didn't <laughs> run Marshawn Lynch, but he did win a ring and he's won a national championship at USA. So he's won at both levels. Not, not many guys in college football. Usually these guys like Saban and Spurrier, they fail out at the college level or they go back to the national football or go back to college football. Cause they failed out at the NFL. Yeah. Pete Carroll Hatton, he's won in both places. He did fail earlier in his career before he turned things around at USC. But the bottom line is, despite working with Justin Herbert and all those, that's only part of the equation, Chris. The other part is he knows Andy Reid's tendencies. He sees Andy Reid's playbook every week because he memorizes it to call the headset. Eric bieniemy has been here every step of the way. He knows the tendencies of Reid. He knows the tendencies of Mahomes. He knows what makes him tick. That part alone is 50% of the equation, knowing the team inside and out that you're trying to beat the division because you haven't been able to do it and lost 12 of the last 14. Not only that, but if you know the weaknesses of an offense like the Chiefs offense and you're seeing so many teams in the NFL try to replicate what the Chiefs are doing, like if you'll, you'll have a handle on what any advanced offense in the league is doing because everyone's just trying to copy the Chiefs. Now, not every team, very few teams really have the athletes to do exactly what the Chiefs do, but you have all these teams now trying to do some kind of motion, trying to use their their quarterback in more athletic situations like the Chiefs do, have crazy formations like the Chiefs do. There's more offenses that are starting to do that stuff now because they're starting to get the athletes and they're building their teams the way they are. We've seen it with the Raiders. We've seen it with the uh, with the Broncos here trying to assemble athletes. The Cowboys are trying to do the same thing too. Like if, if you want a guy that knows how to build that and defend that, the enemy is like the perfect guy for it. So it's confusing why no one wants him. It, it is. And what's really weird, Chris, is the fact that you, you see it with all sports. You start winning, your coaches are gone. These coaches never left. No. They're all still here. You know, 
Vietnamese here, Kafka's here. And Kafka's got other opportunities. Chiefs have to keep giving promotions. But he's wait. I think he's the offensive coordinator waiting because they all felt that Eric Bieniemy would have a head coaching job by this point, and he'd be the OC, even though we all know Andy Reid calls the plays. But these guys are important in the installs of the offense in the direction they go. Plus, Bieniemy gets his share of play calls as well as Andy Reid turns things over a little bit here and there. But it is a shock to me. Our phone number nine one three five seven six seven six ten. We'll check in and uh, with the Vegas uh, Las Vegas Raiders here at eight thirty. But coming up next. Is the sky really falling? If you're one of those people who believe the sky is falling with the Chiefs and you're just beside yourself that they lost the game, I want to hear from you. I want to hear why you feel that way. I think I know why, but deep down, do you honestly feel that way? We discuss that next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.